Hello children, welcome back to another edition of the Ben Podcast. And of course, as always, we are live on Twitch on Ben's Day, and this will also be on YouTube on Mikey when? Fridays? Friday. Yes. As always, I am joined by Mikey Famine, Brenna Duncan, Wayne, the Wayne Maker. But we have some guests. We have Tim Zabristol. We have Isola, we have Jenny, and Chaos. Welcome. Let's start with you, Isola. Let's start with you, Isola. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, um, I am a podcaster. I'm a bikerian and a business consultant for people who are trying to make things different. I'm also a dog sitter this week. It's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> I play D&D online uh, for nat- with Natural One Heroes, and um, I am a huge fan of the bin. You've also been a guest on the bin before, haven't you? I have, a couple times. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love I love what you guys are up to and the chance to chat with you and hear what you're doing. So thanks for having me on. Awesome. Welcome back, and we're happy to have you. Jenny, I'm yes. passing the ball over to you. Gee, what about me? Well, the the scene you're looking at is is the backyard of my um, the town where I live. Um, it's known as Houston. <laughs> what? Oh, it's the good Houston. This one's in Minnesota. <laughs> um, I guess I'm your I guess I'm your um, your your uh, trans trans customer. Is that what I am today? <laughs> you're my token. <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay, I'm yeah, I'm your I'm your trans token. No, I'm not. I'm not the only one here. Oh, um, that's true. I, I would be considered one of the veterans in the trans community. I'm probably one of the world's oldest transgender people. Uh, I, I I transitioned back in 1979, so it's it's been a, it's been a while, and we we'll just go on from there. And chaos. Uh, hiya. Uh, Welcome I back. Use... Thanks. I use. Uh, she, her, and they, them pronouns. If um, Jenny is the um, token binary trans person here, I guess that makes me the token non-binary trans person here. <laughs> um, uh, I, I am, a, I guess, a content creator online, though that's currently on hiatus because my laptop's broken. Um, no. Uh, the, the relevance here, I guess, is that I'm a nerd, and so like to know various pieces of information, especially in relation to things about minorities I'm part of, and I'm trans. <laughs> and I'm Mikey Famine. I am a producer, um, singer, songwriter, oh, chef, <laughs> DJ, uh, sommelier. No, I'm just kidding. And business daddy. Business daddy. <laughs> well, Tim, Tim, tell people all about your show on Wednesdays on the Bidden Podcast Network. Oh, so I have a show on the Bidden Podcast Network called Speaking from the Center every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time because the Bidden Podcast Network swallowed my show whole. Ha-ha! Um, I also own a food truck. We make yes. grilled cheese. It's delicious. So if Mike is your business daddy, what does that make me? Business... Weird Grant. uncle? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Okay. That sounds about right. That works. Yep. I don't mind that. Wayne, 
What are you up to, my friend? <laughs> oh, I think he's trying to communicate. <laughs> yeah, well, uh oh. Is that English? That is the best answer you've given. Um, <laughs> it's not going to be as fun for our podcast listeners, but you know, it is what it is. Brenna. Hey, Tim, give me a wrestling reference that'll really piss off Wayne. Oh, yeah, Ken- Kenny Omega is the greatest wrestler of all time. <laughs> Or forever Let hold their peace. Speak. If, if someone in the next 10 seconds doesn't tell me why, Kenny that Omega is gospel is truth. Then we have to assert it as true, and I will change that to Wayne's I, name. I have I have an even better one. This will get him. The Young Bucks are the greatest tag team of all time. <laughs> now you just be a cop. We broke it! <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. It's me, there he is. the Wayne Maker, the 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 gobshite from across the pond. Uh, were you Hello. having some tef- technical difficulties, my friend? No, no. I was just trying to, uh, you know, beat you fuckers for trying to bet me that I couldn't stay silent for as long as I did. No, it was while I was doing my talk that I'm going to do after this. You start way too early. I'll I'll, I'll go back to radio silence. No, 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 no. We have to. No, we have to get through our daily banter. We need to know what you're drinking, mate. Uh, I'm drinking Tribute Malbec from uh, the Gun Pub. They donated one to me earlier because they knew I was doing the show, so they said. Have one of these. I was like, all right, thank you. He stole it. Donate. Yeah, no one <laughs> donates wine. Donate. You snuck into the cellar. Come on. You broke four windows. That's not uh, donating, I think. That. I liberated <laughs> some wine. Did you colonize a bottle of wine? No. <laughs> exactly what the British do wherever do they go. Best. Wow. through Egypt and... <laughs> Yep. They just take say, the good stuff, control hey. the language. Yep. Yeah. That's why I call it a malagon for for queen and right. country. Queen and exactly. screw. Yeah. Me, 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 and Lizzie. Which <laughs> <laughs> one for you, Lizzie? The old Gipper. Hey, she survived, man. She's a survivor. I always yeah. find it weirdly unsettling when you call her Lizzie. Because <laughs> they're they're like this. Oh, yeah. so, I, could totally, I could totally see Wayne pushing her chair in somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Brenna, what have you been up to? I'm glad you said chair. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Can we move the fuck on? No. No. Yeah, we're trapped here. There's too many people. Yes. This is why this is what happens when you don't let Wayne uh, talk. Yeah. Right, go ahead, Brenna. What do you want to know? <laughs> How's your week been? What are, what are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking some sparkling soda. I got like my favorite flavor, which is orange vanilla. Tastes like a 50-50 bar. Oh, nummy. Um, and, um, I've had kind of a, a calmish week, but I'm going to be in Vegas for two weeks because what? I'm, yeah, because I'm helping, um, with the ice of the men's world's curling championship which is going to be held at the orleans and so for the first week it's all ice set up and then for the second week it's the tournament so that's going to be a lot of fun 
it's going to be really cool kind of experience for me. And I get to be around, um, not just like professional ice technicians, but also like the volunteers from across the country. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's international. So there's going to be teams from, um, let's see, there's Canada, there's Mexico, uh, <laughs> Mexico doesn't America. send theirs. Uh, America does well because we're hosting it. We get we get the automatically qualified. We have Sweden, um, Norway, uh, I believe South Korea. <laughs> no, actually, Russia. They finally did it. They finally got rid of Russia. Said Russia. <laughs> they actually. So a little bit of a controversy was that all these. Um, athletes were going to be under the, you know, that, you know, the like Russian Olympic committee kind of thing. Um, like, uh, like, um, so they were going to send their athletes, but they couldn't, you know, represent, but then finally they made the good decision and cutting all, um, Russian athletes out. And so for the women's, which is still going on right now, they couldn't find anybody to replace them. So they just left that spot blank. And so they actually ended up replacing um, for the men's tournament. So um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You can see it on, I believe, ESPN will have it. Olympic Channel has it. And then Peacock TV has it. So you can go and you can watch it. And maybe you'll see a little glimpse of me in the background. You know, uh, you know, Brenna, if anybody else in the entire world told me that they were going to Vegas to be an ice technician for a curling camp for grown-ups, I would assume this would be code for something. Oh, wait. And I would spend a lot of time trying to figure out what does that mean. No, I just finished, break, I just finished Breaking Bad. The ice is that right eisenberg oh there you go okay. how, how blue is that ice <laughs> it's so, specialized actually that's a shitty question <laughs> so before we get into uh, we are going to move on because yeah. we have a lot of stuff to cover uh this week uh but i've asked for you know uh, the first segment to be about me which we all enjoy when i talk about me um, and what I wanted to talk about is something that I found on the internet. Oh, oh no. Not the and internet. I don't, I the internet I told again. You. I told you, Mikey. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, I would like you to meet Polina Kovaleva. What up, Polina? Polina is... Um, Introduce yourself, Polina. Polina is a 26-year-old glamorous, glamorous Russian girl from London. Okay. She lives in a huge apartment in Kensington and loves to party. Her Instagram feed looks like a non-stop holiday. And that's not unheard of. But there is a small little detail. Polina is a stepdaughter of Russia's Minister of Foreign Affairs, mm -hmm. Sergei Lavrov. Yes, that's Lavrov. He's one of Putin's closest allies, his lowest talking head full of hot air, and now also a war criminal. Putin's cronies often have two famili families at the same time. Putin himself, while being married to Ludmila Putina, had a second family with former gymnast Alina Kabeva. 
Minister of Defence Shoigu had two wives and two sets of children doing simultaneously, and Lavrov is no different. Lavrov has had the official wife for the last 50 years. No one has heard of her or seen them together in public in ages, though, as opposed to his lady Svetlana Polyakova, she's the actual wife that they have been together since the early 2000s. Unlike Lavrov's official wife, that woman is loaded. She bought an apartment in Moscow worth between six and eight million dollars. In the picture, you can see Svetlana's little car collection, Damn. which which isn't bad Jesus. for an un, which isn't bad for an unemployed lady. Holy <laughs> shit! How Please. many Bentleys is that? Go back. That Svetlana has uh, Svetlana has accompanied Lavrov on every official foreign affairs trip. Sometimes she even takes her 78-year-old's mother and her niece. The whole family are list, listed as members of uh, the diplomatic mission. We oh found out that Palokasa has used the MFA plane more than 60 times. Our glamorous Londoner Polina is her daughter from a previous marriage. Here is the picture that Polina took at her mom's house in Moscow. There are portraits of Lavrov on the table. On the third shot, you can see Lavrov himself in oh. the flesh behind that little chandelier. Polina's mom and Lavrov have been together for around two decades now. Polina's biological dad isn't super rich. She does not have an oligarch husband. But at the age of 21, she bought this apartment in London on Kensington High Street for £4.4 million. Wayne. Oh my she paid God. cash. No mortgage. Yeah, this is Can anyone explain how this is possible? Her only source of money is her unemployed mother, who happens to be Lavrov's informal wife. This is a textbook example of unexplained wealth. The property can be legally seized right now. Lavrov even accused the UK of using chemical weapons twice. First time he claimed that the UK states a Salisbury poisoning, and more recently he publicly accused me uh, uh, Maria Pavlikova for uh, for um, poisoning her boss uh, Navalny when Novichok has requested the UK Secret Service, which he claimed he worked for. Lavrov gave numerous speeches about the evil Anglo-Saxon world and the awful liberal Western countries who wants to destroy Russia and Ukraine. So who on earth does his stepdaughter live in the centre of London? Why not in Crimea or Donbass? Why did she move here? And if you see on the bottom of the screen here, there's actually a caption on this picture that says, uh, finally, not an illegal immigrant anymore. But Wayne made a couple of calls. Paulina and her mom must be sanctioned. Paulina has to pack her Louis Vuitton suitcases, say goodbye to her British life and leave the UK. Should she not be able to explain where she got 4.4 million pounds from? Her property must be arrested under the unexplained wealth order procedure. This is a tweet thread written by uh, Maria Pevchik. I'm probably slaughtering that name pretty badly. Today, she got all her wealth in the UK seized. 
<laughs> because of the organization that Maria Pavkage and they work for. It is these are people working within Russia under fear of their lives, looking into the wealth of the oligarchs and their family because they're hiding wealth with family members and as we just saw with their second wives and their mistresses and their kids. Mm -hmm. These people, we are, of course, we're going to link all of this. Uh, so, but you should really, really look into it. There's a YouTube video we're going to, it's in Russian, but it's subtitled in English. You should really watch it where they do all of these things. They follow the money and they find out where it is. And today it paid off together with 16 other Russian affiliated billionaires in the UK. Boris Johnson actually did a thing. Wow. He sanctioned them and he seized their wealth. So wait, kudos. Your country, <laughs> your country did a thing. An actual good thing. An or... actual good thing. And that's my little story. That's what I wanted to tell you. That sanction. Well, at least we don't have a twenty-year-old, twenty-one-year-old Instagram model spending oligarch money in London anymore. And no. yeah, it's we also have a, a the Italians seized a yacht outside the that belonged to Putin outside the coast of Italy. Uh, the Norwegian. Uh, Where does that stuff go? Norwegian, like... it, it gets seized, and as soon as this conflict is over, it might be um, um, for damages, for war damages. It might be actually, you know, sold for war damages, auctioned off to the highest mm -hmm. bidder, and then it might go towards the the country that they invaded. Um, so not going to give it like Wayne or something. Like people in the country don't get to. It's not for the country. It's for the no, war no. For, Okay. No, no. It's it, it's uh, even though the international community cannot go into an English bank account without the consent of the English government. Only the English government can do that. So it's been seized by them, but it's only being managed by them until you know this conflict is has been resolved and they no. Sorry, not conflict. This invasion, this illegal seizure of land, has been um, has been resolved, and then the international community, like we did after um, after um, World War One and World War Two, we they divided up and they um, decide who gets the spoils of war, so to speak. I'll sort it out. Uh, you need me to go into somebody's account? <laughs> I got so three they, so they now. do not they do not get this money back. What about the what about the people that are sanctioned to that in the from the United States or in the United States um, arena of banking and stuff? Do they also suffer that fate? Sorry, um, I, my um, fiance just said you're not live, and I was like, yeah, we are. Yeah, we're on Twitch. I just looked yeah. at it. Yeah, we're on Twitch. I just looked at it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You didn't even set it up for her? Wow. Wow. 
She no, she doesn't want now. to watch it because of the delay. She can hear me. Yeah. Yeah, but we need the we need the eyes. <laughs> Just turn her phone on anyway. Put it on mute. Yeah. Yeah, we need the eyes. Well, doesn't she want to yeah. hear us though? Yeah. <laughs> and she wants. Yeah, yeah. But you started for 19 minutes then. Uh, exactly. No, exactly. no, we're live. Call the link and you'll find it on the right. right. All right. Hey, hey, uh, so, yeah. Um, obviously, on her phone, we, we are not live, but on my tell phone, her, we are. Tell, tell her to update Twitch. Um, I'm going to send you the link today. Can we all can we all congratulate Wayne for being quiet for so very long? You did a good job, Wayne. You did. Good it. job, you Wayne. You I miss hearing your voice, Wayne. <laughs> I'm sorry, they're mean to you. I never doubted you, Wayne. <laughs> well, your time's expired, Wayne. You're all you've won. Yeah, you won the challenge. I lost. So I thought that since this was in the British newspaper today, as soon as I mentioned the name, he would recognize it and then we're just like, I know that. And then he would spoil the whole whole thing by saying this is her shit today. And I was like, oh, dude, come on. I've actually spent some time preparing for this. And minus points for Jartan for fucking looking up articles in someone else's country. That's kind of <laughs> against the rules. Yeah. That, that goes to Wayne. You can't you can't move my chess pieces for me and talk about some ha. I've won again. So yeah. <laughs> it's cheating. I was congratulating his absolutely horrible PM on actually doing something good for once. I was just making a six-foot barrier between all of his pieces and his king. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, don't worry. We are all as surprised as the Russians. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, wait, what? Did we... Was it... No, I guess. And, and actually, we do have with us yeah. our Boris Johnson correspondent. Um, Wayne Lynch, you're down there on the floor outside of 10... Baker Street, I don't know where. where Drowning. Downey Street. Downey Street. Wayne. Where my Down family, my family was named after Downing, my my mother's side when they immigrated. The uh, Wayne from Downton Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> so he does not Wait, where's talk his, where, the where's his, show. Is where's his square? Is? Where's his lordship square? Is that in Scotland? Yeah, it's in Scotland. Oh, when they succeed. Nothing from the Brit? No. Just, no, just he doesn't dead, want to talk. Just dead air the whole time? Kenny Omega is the greatest wrestler ever. <laughs> <laughs> that look! The dead eyes. Wayne can speak without speaking. I feel yeah. it. Yeah, no, yeah, but that that is an eye roll up there with you and Jenna's eye rolls. <laughs> you oh, both oh. also have like the like the most like yeah. <laughs> oh, Wayne's gonna go off. Wayne, yeah. I hope I hope we do that wrestling pod podcast together because the Young Bucks are the greatest tag team ever. And uh, exactly. who are you guys talking to? Are you guys talking to I Love Kenny Omega? Yeah, yeah, we're all talking to I Love Kenny Omega. <laughs> so okay, but let's move into what we're actually here to talk about because, um, well, Mikey. You instigated this. No, actually, it was Wayne who no, said, was... I want to talk about this. No, it was Wayne. I said, I want to talk about this. Mikey, as always, orchestrated the whole thing. 
Wayne, why are all these people here? Oh, sorry, was, I love was, Kenny Omega. It was me. It was why me. <clears throat> it was yes, me. it was I um, love Kenny Omega. So, yeah, that's kind of irrelevant to the, the subject matter at hand. Um, even though the twat wrestled an inflatable blow-up doll. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, um, no, I want to talk about the um, the swimmer that won a race that was, I think, 356th in the world as a man and then as a woman has now become number one in the world. I don't think that this is correct. And I would like to get all of the panel's opinions on this because there are, we have, we have gradations of separating sports people for uh, abilities. And this one particular um, gradation has been quite literally transcended. And, I don't think it's I don't think it's right. And it's not me being transphobic in any way, shape or form. It's a case of um if you're a heavyweight boxer and you go in against a flyweight, um there's gonna be a result that's not gonna go too well for the flyweight. So that's that's my take on it. I would like to get the panel's opinion on how this has transpired and and what they think of it. Uh, clar <laughs> clarifying question, because I don't, I don't want to make this, I don't want to make this into the inqui the inquisition of Wayne. Like that's where I, yeah. I want to start. Like I get that these are honest questions. You just like wanted to have the discussion on air yeah. is on air is very risky. Um, Brave. Or foolish depends on the outcome, right? No, no, no. It's, it, no, it's, 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 it's purely because I'm I'm looking at the, the 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 binary, and then moving it into the grey, and trying to figure out where we where we can find like a a, a, a proper solution. Because because you've you've presented this in a way that kind of doesn't really serve your purpose. Because okay. you started off like, oh well, in certain Certain sports, there's weight classes. Is there a weight class for swimming? No, no. But th there, are, there are certain there are certain criteria that you need to fulfil to compete well, in certain sports. Well, it, but here I think that one of the points that I can sort of extrapolate, and it's my I also this is a place that I live, which is that I I feel like what's happening is or what's being revealed. It's gender is not a great sorting factor for these things because it it's not that like you think about it and you know what what defines a woman like is it breasts but women you know have them removed for a number of reasons is it ovaries those get you know is it having a baby lots of women don't have babies they have hysterectomies you know what mm -hmm. is it that makes a man is it like their ability to lift things some men have can't you know like there's so like there's so much that's lumped into this and it's a lazy way of separating things out and then it gets weaponized and and people get shamed or diminished for expressing who they are or identifying who we you know where they fit in the gender spectrum and and what feels like their um truth and and how they are but then they're told oh you know 
these horrible things, right? And and it's it's not helpful. Um, and, and it and it's like there was a there's a kindergarten teacher in the Midwest who a few years ago said instead of telling her kids to line up based on boys and girls, she started saying line up if you like chocolate ice cream more than vanilla pudding or like, you know, and then she had the kids making their choices around other things and moved away from gender being a sorting factor because it's really not helpful. And so I, when I hear you say that, like just from that one thing, I'm, I, and it's something I've been thinking about with regards to sports and many things, it's not, it just isn't helpful. If your gender it, in it, it doesn't really have a lot to do with that, <laughs> like, you know. Make no. me for a response. Yeah, yes, please. Um, first of all, I would prefer if we got our information correct. She is not the world record holder. She's well thirty seconds off of the world's record. Oh yeah. Oh no, no, I didn't. I didn't say it was. You did ranked, say world's ranked, record. No, I said ranked number one in the class. In her level of competition. Yes. There's yes. lots of different levels of competition. Yes. Okay. I was a swimmer, by the way. Um, so secondly, the amount of time between when she took all these these uh, time trials as, as a um, pre-transition person and now have uh, been spaced out by years of training. Okay. So, of course, they're going to get better. Yeah. Thirdly, all her teammates are perfectly comfortable with her. So what's the beef? Um, I think I think the beef for me is the information that I have been fed, in the sense of I know that it's not something that I don't follow swimming, um, and all I can see is they. They published this stat here to this stat here, which is massively um, skewed, and mm -hmm. that's that's all I all I can go on as someone who doesn't follow swimming. So I'm being reactionary to um, the information that I've been fed. Okay, fair enough. But, but what I'm what I'm kind of trying to suggest is that maybe we should have. Um, a new class, a bit like um, in in bodybuilding, you have untested wait, 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 wait. and tested. Sorry, sorry. Okay, on, I, I really on. want to counter that right yeah, away. Yeah, go on, go on. Why should there be a new class? Okay, so we have this transgender person who happened to do very well in her sport this year. What about the okay. 25 years prior to this where transgender people were allowed to compete and not one got even close? So what? A trans person does well, so now everybody's upset about it. Everybody yeah, who's never been no. involved in women's sport is now suddenly concerned. It's it's not it's not a matter of being upset. It's a matter of kind of addressing it. So that's what can you address? There was no need to address it before. Why is there suddenly a need to do it now? Because she did well. Okay, well, uh, to, to to flip that on its head, I'm not trying to do what about her. There was um, there's a there's a transgender UFC fighter who smacked the granny out of uh, a, a female, and like a, 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 a non-transgender female, and properly messed so, up. So at the at the and did at, you at the risk of sounding annoying, 
I would be very careful with your pronoun choices. Um, I'm sure. Maybe Mike, I'm not. I'm, not I'm, Mike, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm. This is merely a, a, a helping thing, so that going right. forward, you just kind of say like cis woman or trans woman, just so that it's easier to understand in an audio format, so people can't. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, just so that it's easier under, so that you're clearly uh, uh, understood. Yeah, and Mikey, 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 this, this, this is, this is new to me, and this is, this is, yeah. this is something that we're, we're all trying to learn together, and like um, speak, speaking to, speaking to chaos over the, over the years, um, has, you know, woken me up to certain things that, certain traits that I, that I have that um, are not really um, conducive to a, a good conversation about this particular subject. So. I appreciate that, and I'm I'm trying to, you know, yeah. tread through this 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 minefield, and um, and I'm trying to learn. I'm right, always right. trying to learn. Can I not... can I throw in my two cents about what's been said so far? Yes, please. So to quickly address the uh, MMA thing a minute, um, you may be thinking of a different instance, but there is a, there was actually an instance where a trans MMA fighter got the crap beaten out of them by a larger cis woman. And because there was a trans woman in the fight, everyone assumed it was the larger one, and lots of places incorrectly reported that the trans woman won the fight. Um, and the other thing I would note is that in kind of more generic sports terms, and I'm happy to focus more on swimming in a minute, if you want me to, but like in generic sports terms, uh, someone being trans and having medically transitioned, when people talk about there being trans people having an advantage, statistically speaking, it is a smaller advantage than for people with other medical conditions to whom there are no restrictions, like cis women with polycystic ovary syndrome who have an increased testosterone level. Yeah. And so I, I find it to be a really common misconception that I don't know if you're holding, Wayne, but I think it's worth clarifying first that a lot of the time when people talk about trans women in sports, they have this idea that trans women who are allowed to interact in sporting worlds have the body of a cis man, so to speak, which while I think there's still weird sexist issues in relation to that, and people having overinflated ideas of how much of a difference there is there. Fundamentally, a woman who is trans has worse odds statistically than a cis woman who has polycystic ovary syndrome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, in, I'll well, say that. After you. Uh, uh, no. no, no, you first, and then me. So I, I've been working in. As a, I was a, started in 2001 in trans advocacy and trans rights. And so one of the things that I found to be very important that often gets overlooked is a, a person who is transitioning has to do sort of their own gender inventory and, con and conceive of who they are and what their gender is and their gender identity and their gender expression and how that interacts with their worldview and their life. And people who are cis don't tend to do that. And so they put their discomfort with all of that onto trans people. And, and then what, ha and, and what happens is 
like what chaos was talking about and Jenny, like something this comes up and all of those um, stories we've been fed about what male and female are and what that's supposed to be. All of those show up and they're under the surface and then they get externalized onto a woman who just won <laughs> a, a competition. And it, the, the first step actually would be for the cis folks to do their own gender um, inventory to comprehend themselves in terms of their gender identity, their gender expression, the assumptions that they make about what it means to be male and female, why they buy into that. It's a lot of work. Um, it's very worth it. And, and the reality is that that's, it's not fair, right? Like it's not fair that it gets put out in that direction instead of being taken on by the, by the, by the rest of us. Right. And, and I wouldn't necessarily say I'm fully cis, but for the purposes of this conversation, I think that's an appropriate place for me to land. And, um, and it, you know, it, so that's, I just put that out there that there's like a lot of, um, there's a lot of that. And, and, if, and one of the things that, you know, is really painful to me around it is, you know, we weaponize identity, we weaponize feminine and masculinity, we weaponize medical facts, it, or not facts, myths. <laughs> they used to believe that a woman, if she ran too fast, her uterus would fall out. Like doctors <laughs> actually said that. <laughs> That's in a medical journal. And it's obviously complete 100% not true. Um, and that's been used to keep people, all people, cis and trans, male and female, limited in their expression. So finding ways to comprehend your, your gender experience, and I, I think personally would probably help uh, with a lot of these conversations. And um, I'm going to start off by saying I am a cisgender heterosexual man I prefer the pronouns he and him and I'm a total beginner on this give me a second um, and I it's probably because I'm not interested in sport at all I don't understand why such an important issue is why sport is so important to people who wins an MMA fight or who wins, like, I couldn't care less, right? If it's cis or trans or... I, I just couldn't care less. I think it's sad that we're using so unimportant things to discuss such an important issue. Uh, I feel like this is sort of the discussion that they had about bathrooms. Like... We can't have, you know, trans people running into these bathrooms all the time. And I'm like, why would that be a problem? Because I've been to a lot of men's bathrooms with a lot of other men over the, the last 40 years. And nobody's just swung out their willy and started, like, waving it around. And I've talked all the women I've talked to, they've never had somebody running around showing their genitalia around the bathroom. So why would this change? Why would that behavior change if we just say gender neutral bathrooms? I, I don't get it. Why would you think that just genitalia would be flying off the walls? Why would that be all of a sudden a thing? Because I, it's I, never been a thing. 
I have an interesting anecdote to throw in on that. I have never been in a women's restroom, um, lounge, whatever you want to call it, locker room, training center, where a woman has danced around showing off her genitals. Okay, or even done much of walking around without a towel. I have seen that dozens of times in a men's locker room. Dozens. <laughs> okay. You guys, you, not you guys specifically, but there's a lot of people who, like Elisa said uh, at the beginning, that take all their own personal lack of knowledge and, and lack of understanding and project it onto the situation inappropriately. And that's a lot of what's going on here. This topic did not come up until after the bathroom discussions went on. Where did the bathroom discussions start? Do any of you know? I have no idea. The bathroom discussion started because somebody wrote an article um, that proposed the trouble that, that trans people in a bathroom would be. And how and how dangerous they would be to to women, to children, all these kinds of things, and it took off from there. Now, a couple of years ago, somebody went back and checked out these guys who wrote this article. Guess what they said? They said, "Oh well, we wrote that just we we wrote all that just because we knew it would be something that got people scared and angry, even though it's not true." They did it purely for political purposes, and they've started an entire movement of hate globally. Hmm. One, one group of people, one guy basically, wrote some lies, and it took off because it was fear-based, and it made people scared and angry. And, and, and that was why I was I brought it up because I feel like this is the same thing. It's taking the eye of the actual ball of the discussion about trans rights and now we're talking about who wins medals or who swims faster or who runs faster like that's important in any metric at all nobody i didn't think it was my turn to talk <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know if it was my turn to talk or not. I'm just, just keeping my mouth shut because I could dominate this. That's why you're here because I need to learn about this stuff. I don't I for me. There's there's a <laughs> number of people here I who I have great respect for them and their intelligence, and I think what they have to say is just as important as anything I have to say. So. I'd like okay. to hear them too. Okay, so she's oh, I, not talking about me, so I'm out. What I'm saying is, isn't this just a David Copperfield distraction? Look yes. over here at this, so Absolutely. you don't see what we're doing over his, here to that. Yes. We should talk about this. <laughs> but like, it's working. And, 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 <laughs> and that's what infuriates me, because people get upset about sports, and it's not important, and I couldn't care less. I would so, see transgender people have the same rights as everyone fucking else. It's, I just do, 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 do you know what this has worked itself to in the American in the American political arena? The people of Texas are ready and waiting to put parents of trans children in jail for life. 
okay? And doctors in jail for life for treating trans children. And other states are beginning to copy that. No, but let's not talk about that. Let's talk about sports. That's much more important. (laughs) Right. Well, you you were talking you were talking about um, why are we talking about sports when the other things are are go, are going on? Yeah. Well, perfect. this is what's going on that's even more important than sports. Yes, perfect example of what I was talking about. So, tell me how they are reasoning that proposal, if that if, or whatever it is. They're using the same base lies that have been created by the GC, the gender critical movement of the UK. Okay. This group is a group that's based on hate, purely of hate of transgender people. And they have made up all kinds of lies, including ridiculous things about uh, trans people are are rapists, trans people are pedophiles, and things that just are not true. Whatever they can pull out that scares the fuck out of people. To to address that, um, that's the exact same tactic they used to use about gays in the 60s and 70s. It was like illegal yes. to be gay in the UK up until I think 1974 and they always use like that they, they always kind of like put oh if you're if you're gay you must be a nonce and they always use that like if you look at the most successful successful films um from the UK um media was the carry on films half of those that cast were gay and yet they were lauded in British um, British sort of establishment. Yet everything that came out was like, oh, they're gay. They must, they must be a nonce. No. It's a load of bollocks. And the same thing with trans. If Oh, oh you want to use our bathroom? Oh, you're trying to get our kids? No, you're fucking not. Shut the fuck up. Wind your necks in and like, actually look at the facts. The fact of the matter is... There are people that are trans. There are people that are gay. We are all just cracking on in this world, but we're trying to understand each other. But these ghouls in the media are just trying to demonise people that are different. And that is the biggest problem. And we're all susceptible to the, the, the propaganda that comes out. And... Unfortunately, we have a right-wing media that is strident in perpetuating this, and it colours the uh, the general populace's mentality. And this is what we need to sort of we need to battle. We need to get through it. I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm 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 susceptible to propaganda. I'm not sitting here saying that I'm not. All I'm trying to do. Just arrested. Huh? We all are. There was a cop. Yeah, there was a cop driving by the ambulance and is getting arrested. Listen, there's only two cops in this neighborhood, and I know them, or this town, and I know them both. (laughs) We're okay. Sorry, go on. on. I was going to say, like, we're all susceptible to propaganda. You're correct. And the reality is, we think the things that are happening are kind of eternal. Like, for example, you know, red what is it pink is girls and, and red or blue is boys except in the turn of the century they didn't want it boys flipped. to wear red because yeah right like and 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 little kids used to actually just wear little white dresses and the reason that we gender our children is because the clothing industry figured out that if they could sell gendered clothing they could sell more clothes so yep. half of this is about money half of it's about power and half of it's about stupidity which leads to more than a whole but it's a real problem <laughs> 
In fact, in fact, um, boys were supposed to wear pink back in the day before they flipped it because yeah. it was meant to be a, a regal colour. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and red was too angry or something like that. It's ridiculous, yeah. right? <laughs> but, okay, so here's an actual... And I'm actually curious about it. This might be a stupid question, and I recognize that. <laughs> and I just realized, Chaos, I might have, been dead, I might have been dead naming you. I might have you uh, when I introduced you. I don't really know. If I did, you know I didn't mean to. Uh, but I'm really sorry. Uh, my question is, why do you, cisgender women feel so threatened by transgender women? Cisgendered women don't feel threatened by transgender women. An extremely small minority of radically insane feminists in the UK are, are no. afraid of trans women. So in Sweden as well. No, I have to say, in Sweden as well, there has been a feminist uprising against transgender women, and they are super loud. Karens. Yeah, the highest number I have ever seen of, like, a percentage of cisgender people in a poll who expressed concern about trans people, specifically trans women, because trans men always get ignored in this, um, but uh, it was something like 56%, I think it was. But here's the thing, is that only something like, I think it was either 36 or 42% of that was women. Like, more men are concerned about trans women going into women's bathrooms than women are. And a lot of the women who are concerned about it, it's because they've seen these, this propaganda of trans women doing terrible things, which, yeah, they're awful. These things that these trans women do are terrible. But these trans people don't exist. These are fake trans people. Like, the, the, these are imaginary uh, people who've been made up for a story of, like, Oh, but trans women will go into bathrooms and peek under your stalls because that's something that only assigned male at birth people can do for some reason. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I know that whenever I go into the bathroom, the door opens because there's a magic vagina detector. And as soon as it detects my vagina, it opens up, and suddenly I'm in there. I mean, what on earth is See, this? This about? is what this is what you men are 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 not figuring out, but this is true. No, I've been using, I've been using no, the women's true. room for forty years, and it's you only been in the last few too. that this has become an issue. Right? I thought I thought, my... I, thought I thought women just licked their thumb, and then there was like a special tile that you would press. And it would do like the DNA thing, and then let you mm -hmm. let you proceed. The women's yeah. restroom is a magical place. This it's is the thing. It's, it's My filthy. Feet. It's nasty. <laughs> Women are the worst <laughs> in restrooms. Y'all tear that so shit bad. up. My so bad. So bad. This is this is why uh, women always go to uh, to and to to the bathroom. They it's... need somebody to confirm. You know, it's like oh, the you know the, the submarine the submarine keys at the same time. Yes, it's ah. three, two, one, and then the portal goes up, and then you can go through the vagina and things right. like that. Yes. Exactly. You know, Jean this, when you're right, you're right. Yes. This is where they got the plot for the hunt for Red October. Yeah. Oh, gross. Yeah. <laughs> Wayne. Boom. Back, back to back to um, <laughs> okay. Back to the original subject, though. 
the 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 as I said earlier, the the, the discussion about uh, trans women in sports or trans children in sports is based off the same lies and and manipulated lack of facts um, that the, that these people have. The fantasies that they create around this fear and paranoia that they have about trans people. Um, they're writing laws against uh, trans kids in sports and in life based on these lies. They're, they're saying things like no, no child may have genital surgery before they're 18. Well, no one does. No one ever has. <laughs> you know? It's just, it's just, where, where did you get this from? They well, got it from Grand Linehan. Um, they're, they're, they're operating out of mythology and the intent to frighten everybody. And it, it extends in, in, in the athletic field. There is absolute truth and, and proven facts that when a, uh, a, a young boy, say eight, nine, 10, 11, uh, professes to be trans and they get their therapy and some counseling and stuff. And it's decided when they reach the age of like 12 or 13 that this kid lives legitimately trans, they put them on puberty blockers. The puberty blockers prevent their primary um, hormone from wrecking their body and destroying their body, whether that's the male hormone or the female hormone. So, okay, it happens on both sides. And then, if when they reach this age of 16, they would be allowed by the ethics of the medical people who provide the services to have hormones because it's believed at 16 year old, they can make their own decisions. But then they still have to wait till they're 18 if they want any kind of surgery. The system is designed to protect the children. It's designed to protect the adults that, that go through it, okay? A, a note I would make there about the um, hormone blockers as well is that the only long-term side effect that has been found in them is an extremely minor calcium deficiency. So when people talk about, oh, how it's going to ruin a child's body to have hormone blockers, that's also incorrect. Mm. Uh, and I just, that's a really common point there. And I just wanted to clarify it before you went on, Jenny. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I take I take one of the drugs that's um, used as a, as a uh, purity blocker, a spironolactone. I take it because I have a heart condition, <laughs> okay? <laughs> and that's what has been used for generations as a heart medication. It's a well-known medication, how it works, what it does. It's used on uh, young girls who are suffering from precocious puberty, where, you know, these are girls who are like 10, 11, who are starting to um, have their cycle. That there's, there's no way that they're old enough to have that happen, so they delay it. And they use a puberty blocker like that to help. Um, I have one uh, comment here from the chat up on screen. There we go. Um, I think it's just the ultra-religious people uh, who feel that their opinions are the only ones that matter, and that's from Hammer09. I don't disagree. But uh, ultra-religious ultra people just want the status quo to maintain the status quo. And uh, mm -hmm. whatever whatever you may be, whether it be 
Um, I mean, look at the, the the pictorial version of Jesus in the common parlance is a a white blue eyed guy with sort of like dusty blonde hair. When in reality, like it was a geezer from Palestine. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. have a word with yourselves. But I have, I have an inquiry, and this is both to Chaos and Jenny. Uh, and I'm going to start with Jenny. So you said you transitioned around 1979, is that correct? Yep. Yeah, so that's about when Wayne got his second hip replacement. Uh, oh, fuck off. But... <laughs> you are 40 this year, you absolute melon. Still, i got four months to go before I'm as old as you. Oh, uh, I am going to set off fireworks. <laughs> yes, you are. Uh, but how, how did... How did the how how do people talk about this how did the media handle it back in 1979 well they didn't right it was it was pretty much it was pretty much off the radar of the general public we we when we went to uh programs we were in therapy we started our hormone hormone therapy and we began to live live our lives in our, as our true selves and we just kind of blended into the background and, and, sorry, and nobody, nobody and nobody cared. <laughs> okay, and those who did care were like um, unusual because you you weren't out there broadcasting that you're trans. It is different today. Kids are not afraid of saying they're trans in public and and that sort of thing. Because back then you got beat to a pulp by anybody, cops, uh, citizens, <laughs> and, uh, all sorts of people would just uh, just hurt you physically badly. Back in those days, it was dangerous to be trans. So did you? So you kept it on the down low. I'm sorry, say. So you kept it on the down low. You you kept it quiet. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you did you move cities or? No, nope, you... I stayed. I stayed in the same city. I stayed in the same job. Stayed at the same college. Of course, I got fired from the job. My family um, disowned me, and and the college said, mm, "We're not going to change your records." Um, <laughs> but I still stayed there. And I continued to be there until only a few years ago when I moved here. Jenny, right. now before 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 the show, you you said there was no question off limit or anything like that, and I'm 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 going to try and be as uh, PC as I can be. Now, so you said you were you just became trans in 1979. Um, is that correct? The, the, okay, the, the quick oh, answer. The quick answer is yes, but I'm, when we're done, I want to talk about the terminology. Oh, yeah, ahead. yeah, no, 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 mate, I am trying to kind of get my head around this because mm-hmm. it's, it's all... No, and you're doing really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> doing my best. But with regards to sort of like pre-op, post-op kind of stuff, um, what is the motivation for the the op is it just kind of like you want to be full female or that's, is it that's up to you to answer jenny okay. yeah I, I, I'm, it's I a curiosity okay and this gets into the the thing about terminology i wanted to mention but yeah that's, that's, i didn't I'm, I'm in 1979 i didn't become transgender yeah. i was born transgender thank in you in 1979 i decided to deal with it instead of killing myself Mm-hmm. Okay. 
I didn't, I didn't become a woman. I stopped pretending to be a man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and as far as for me, bottom surgery was, yes, I had no interest in, in having appendages that I loathed. That's, that's what I was trying to get at, but I, I, I was very clumsy in my wording. I'm trying to sort of like um, get to the, the, the nitty gritty, but I, I, mm-hmm. I don't I don't have the vocabulary to um, word yeah, it not, in the appropriate a way. So that's there's there's a whole lot of folks that do not choose to get the the, the, the bottom surgery, um, mm-hmm. and they do that because of, of sometimes fear of surgery, sometimes because they they yeah. medically cannot get it. Say they have kidney disease or something. Um, yeah. because they can't financially afford it. It's ungodly expensive. Um, yeah, because of America, safety concerns. America. They live in a place, they live in a place in town where yeah. if this gets out that they're trans, they're going to be murdered. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there's lots of reasons why people don't get it, but for people who do, they're doing it because it is becoming the, their true selves. Yeah. Uh, my, my, Mikey, I'm, well, I'm sorry. Well, I, yeah, I wasn't quite sorry. sorry Sorry, I just want to say, Mikey. Sorry if, if that came across as bumpy, but I I, I didn't know however to word it. I, 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 I I'm sorry. I'm... And and, and just as a broad uh, disclaimer for everyone out there, if you have trans friends, maybe that's not something you ask them because if you can think of any time that they've asked you about your genitalia, it's the same thing except even more private. So... <laughs> Mikey, I should I should mention to the chat. Before the show, I told these people here that they can right. ask me absolutely anything they want because they can't scare me. Right. They can't, they, everything they could ask, I've been asked before. Right. And, that's, and, that's, and that's what I put it out there. That's you what don't I put have to defend yourself. I'm not attacking you. I'm just, no, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm just letting the chat know yeah. where, where everybody's coming from, why they can do that. Yeah, no, but Jenny, uh, I can relax you by saying that my penis has been the subject of this podcast for about 20 episodes. It was a very long and arduous <laughs> journey for me. Is, is everybody's, um, is everybody's it, penis and genitalia on, on the table? Sorry. Because... No, just start in. <laughs> Sorry, Jartan, Stormy Daniels was talking about your genitalia the other day on Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> well, it was small and kind of cheesy-like. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and here we are. Welcome back to Someone needs no. to do the sexual harassment training. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, but, better. But well, yeah, you got to be better at that. Yeah, this is uh, quite interesting. And, of course, Jenny and Chaos and uh, Azalea, uh, at any point that I mess up, telling me that I mess up is totally fine because I fucking mess up a lot. Uh, I use wrong pronouns. No comment. No, I do. I do. And I no, recognize it. Wasn't, it. It, it wasn't a comment saying, what's... What's uh, our friend from Bikerian Podcast? Can you pronounce your name one more time? Isla. <laughs> said was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Isla. Isla. All right. Isla. Yeah. yeah Zayla. <laughs> I was about to say Alicia, then I realized it was wrong, and then I was like Isla. All right. But and there you go. Telling me that I fuck up, I don't. I don't mind. I. I. I can take it. Tell me what I'm doing wrong because that's the only way that I can improve myself and do better. At okay, I, you're, what you're doing wrong right now is belaboring the point. 
<laughs> yes, well played. Well played. Yes, <laughs> uh, Chaos, same question to you, except for you transition a lot later. Yeah. So the the context for my transition is I am like 100% socially transitioned uh, with the exception of like changing my legal name and stuff. But medically speaking, I am not transitioned because I'm currently in the waiting queue to see a gender identity clinic. And the, the waiting time is at least a decade. What? Um... So yeah, I'm not expecting to get uh, gender-affirming healthcare uh, unless I like come into some money or something until I am at least in my 30s. Hmm. Um, uh, how, and are I, you okay with telling people how old you are now? Yeah, thanks for telling us how young you are. I am at the least uh, until next month, 19. Oh, um, I, 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 hate, I hate you for all the right reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Chaos. Uh, I, your I knees am... probably work. Funnily <laughs> <laughs> enough, they don't because I have chronic illness. Yay! <laughs> but I am always the baby of the streams. Um, yeah. And and I'm um, always the geezer. <laughs> you, can, you can probably just roll out of bed and your back doesn't just snap 37 different ways <laughs> I, I, I you live remember on, shit <laughs> I, I live on Turf Island um, <laughs> Turf Island? So, oh my god <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> I am so sorry. That is that, that is how it is known in this community. Oh, it is Turf Island. Because I live on Turf Island and because I grew up in like an uber religious cult where I was screamed at that uh, them LGBTs are the devil incarnate. Um, I, I was in fact a little bit scared to come out. In fact, I waited till I'd moved out of my mum's house. Um, to come out to her and I privately came out to like friends and the LGBT youth group that I used to go to in private and that sort of stuff uh, and I, I, I came out to them when I was like I think 17 I was out to myself at like 15, 16 and my social transition has looked very much like getting everyone to use my right name and pronouns which is a pain in the ass um, and yeah. Uh, uh, getting a better sense of uh, style and actually buying some women's clothes. Um, and I'm, I'm non-binary, so it, it makes things a bit weird and complicated for me. But where my, um, where my medical transition will be going when I can eventually get it is going to be primarily uh, what are considered, um, what's considered to be like standard trans woman HRT, but slightly less of it uh, than would be a normal dosage for someone my weight, uh, so as to keep a certain level of androgyny. And because I don't have any dysphoria around it, I don't see any need to get bottom surgery. Is, um, is that, uh, so, so, sorry, Chaos, is, is that, uh, uh, and Jenny, is that the, the considered term, bottom surgery, when it comes to 
genital for trans trans women yes yeah okay okay no that, that's something i've learned today so i'm i'm grateful for that because i want to again this yeah. is a learning thing you, for, you should know there's also variations on that some people only choose to um uh, have an oreectomy which is you know um castration mm-hmm. and other people choose to go all the way which is me mm-hmm. so there, there are variations in that as well Okay, no, that's, that's that's helpful to know. I, uh, okay, else can you just clarify? So, standard is not included the bottom thing, bottom surgery. You call it. So there is, so there is standard hormones, and then there is standard surgery. Most trans people I know want surgery, but even under the NHS. A lot of them can't afford it. Um, I have a friend who is uh, getting his um, testosterone through the NHS and top surgery for him to have his chest removed is going to be a surgery that unless he can like actively get funding because he doesn't get much dysphoria from it, he's going to cost him 10 grand. Mm-hmm. That's expensive. Um, in terms of um, costs in 1970s and 1980s dollars, my entire transition cost me probably about 180, $150,000. Being trans is expensive. Do you want to be trans or have a house? <laughs> so when, so when the, when the turfs start screaming about, oh, we're doing this just so that we can go into bathrooms and harass women, it's like. I spent 150 grand to just go into bathrooms. What? <laughs> yeah, well, you needed the magic vagina. Insane. You couldn't yeah. get in otherwise. Because right. right. men literally can't get in a women's room if there's a, if they don't have a, the magic yeah. vagina. Unless you have cleaning supplies, and then the door will open for you, but only there's for that. five minutes. See, it's, not, it's, it's knowing people uh, like yourself, Jenny, and um, Chaos, that infuriates me so much when they these infuriate. arguments come up on, like... Um, talk radio and it's like oh they're gonna try and walk into my bathroom mm-hmm. are you having a fucking laugh oh I, I, I would punch that person in the mouth and let that, I, i've and never let you... been arrested i'm a, i was a exactly. property owner i held had a career i was nationally known in my business <laughs> I was, um, but i'm gonna go into bathrooms and harass women yeah okay not only that i know i'm gonna cut my genitalia off because i want to get better at a sport that i really suck at like what no uh, would you like some grizzly details yeah no they don't no, no, cut no. Your, they don't cut your genitalia off they um they turn it inside out and they it turn out. them inside out and uh refashion everything down there yeah all for a sit down way. That's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> so, uh, Isla, you had something you wanted to bring up? Yeah, I, well, so one of the things that when, when I was more actively working in activism that um, I think is important to, to, distinction, to make a distinction around is the stigma that people face. So that trans people or gay people or people of color or women face around certain things is the issue. It's not their identity. And I feel like it's very important to make that distinction because a lot of times we'll talk about things and we'll talk about how someone and we insert their identity and that identity becomes a focus of the problem. And it's actually not. The identity is that, you know, trans people are, you know, they have to go through their process, but they're fine. 
What's not fine is the way the world treats them, the way they have to justify themselves, and the way they they could, you know, what Jenny was saying, you could be murdered. Let's be clear, it's still legal to use gay or trans panic as a defense for killing someone in the United States. So wow. you could be like, oh, I can't trans what, 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 and that's legal. Wait, no, no. Hold up. Yeah, that is a legal defense. I'm not kidding. But how, 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 how would you go... Well, if you, if, but you, you, if you murder someone, which, you know, haven't done so, and, and, and they were and gay or trans and then, and you go to court, you'd be like, well, I, they were, they were gay. I panicked and that's why I killed them. They were and trying like, okay. to gay me. Yeah. No, so they, no. They, like, they, 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 if you claim that. It's real. I'm sorry. It's real. Chaos. Chaos. Go on. Go on. Um, it, uh, there is the caveat that it has to be specifically if they hit on you and it made you uncomfortable because they were gay or trans, then you can murder them. Well, if you think they, they but you could decide they were because they were talking to you, right? Like it's not. Oh, oh yeah, you can. You um, can totally. Like the definition they, of could, hitting on. Is super I could establish vague. a relationship with one of you guys. We could be dating for six months, twelve months. You've known, you know, you know, I'm trans all that time, mm -hmm. and then we go have sex, and you and you panic at the end of it and murder me, and you get off in it. Yep. All right, Jenny, get in my DMs. I'm getting a bit lively. <laughs> yeah, and, and so that's, I just, I know it sounds like semantics, and it's it's something that we, we actually actively worked with funders on because it, it's when you, when you create the idea that who someone is is the problem and you talk about it that way, you make them responsible for it. And actually, trans people are not responsible for the way they're being treated. It's a community problem. They bear the brunt of it. And, and they're the ones that have to constantly step up and deal. And, and they're the ones that have to deal with gay panic and trans, all of this. And so when we move it, we talk about stigma and we move it to, this is a community issue. They bear the brunt. It's not fair. So that's why we want to do things like create laws or affirmative action, because this, these different populations bear the brunt of the stigma. The stigma is the issue and the community needs to come together and deal with it and take care of the people who are facing the biggest part of the problem. Um, and so that, that, to me, is just that's a really important thing to remember because I, I feel like especially we worked a lot with uh, youth and and they, they would take that on, like that they were somehow bad because, you know, they were gay or trans and they were getting treated badly. And it's like, no, you're, you're perfect. There's nothing wrong with you. These people around you are behaving very badly because they're confused about how this all works. And we're going to do what we can to support you. And and I feel like adults deserve the same care and respect. So I just that's a, a you know, for what it's worth. I just I want to put that out there as an option to, to 40 40 percent of trans children will attempt or succeed in suicide. That's forty percent. And that, I will add that that um, number is really underrepresented because so many of us are concerned about like upping that statistic. That, I, I, yeah, sorry. No, the, I, I've I've known people who participated in those studies who turned around to me and said, "Oh no, I lied on that study and said I'd never that I'd never attempted suicide." When I totally have, you know that. Can I also add to that chaos that I think that uh, because of the stigma of being trans and people who start to realize that they are kill themselves because they are and nobody knows that these thoughts have, you know, existed mm -hmm. within them, so they don't. 
get in the statistic because they live a cisgender life. They're in yes. lives. And then they realize, oh, shit, I've been doing this wrong. And then yeah. they start realizing. And once they come up to that, they go like, no, I can't go through with this. I might as well you know, end my life. And nobody knows yeah. why. Jatan, you're 100% right because the thing is, if, if someone is um, closeted in any way, shape or form and they end their life because of that, it's not a recorded statistic because they're considered cis. So, yeah, you're, you're 100% right in, in the skewing of, of figures. Yeah, I'm um, just saying that I, I think that there's a very dark number that is yeah. not in that statistic and i think is a it's way higher than we think it is yeah definitely. both for the reason that chaos said the reason that i said uh yeah but now we come into the really difficult part about having this discussion and i want to know how do we move forward and i want to start at the other end i want to ask chaos first how do we move forward? How do we change? What can we do? Can we, because you can we can we let Tim go real quick and then uh, kind of yeah shit fuck I forgot about you Tim my bad my bad my bad shit sorry it's okay I'm still here it's fine <laughs> um I love you Tim no so <laughs> so while while y'all were discussing I was looking up uh, some <laughs> academic studies on acceptance of transgender athletes. And there aren't many. There's actually very few. Uh, but I did find one from 2020 where they uh, interviewed a bunch of uh, Japanese university student athletes. And this is, this is, once again, this is one of the few studies that has been done. Um, and they found a few things out. Uh, trans athletes are accepted more in recreational sports than elite competitions. And the way that they did this out was like uh, trans athletes are most accepted in unofficial versions of sports. So local baseball leagues and stuff like that. Uh, and the more official the sport is, uh, the less transgender athletes are, 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 uh, are accepted into that sport. Um, say the Olympics, the Olympics being the most prestigious version of sports for the most part. Uh, they're, they're least accepted there. But on, on community levels, there 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 are greater levels of acceptance. Um, uh, do your does your information tell you show you that the Olympics were the was the first major body that approved transgender people for competition? Yes, and it also okay. said that a lot of uh, official levels of sports take their guidance from the uh, International Olympic Committee. Mm -hmm. um, but once again. The Olympics is just an example. Like any major sport organization, the the bigger it is, generally the less accepting of trans athletes they are. Um, the other thing that the study found was that uh, at, was that trans women are less accepted in sports than trans men. Um, and and once again, this is just a one research study. It's not uh, indicative of everything and. The study itself mentions how little research is actually done. Um, and there was one other thing that I wanted to note from the study. It said that uh, hormone treatment is one of the key elements of determining acceptance. Uh, trans athletes that undergo hormone treatment 
are more accepted than ones who don't. Uh, I don't know that anybody allows a, a transgender athlete to compete if they are not on hormones. And and that was one of the things that I mentioned that like uh, official sports organizations have uh, testing requirements for trans athletes on, on different kinds of hormones. And if they don't meet those requirements, they're not allowed into the organization. Um, I think I think those are the major the major uh, uh, things from the study. But if you want, I can post it in the chat and people can read it for themselves. Because it's, 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 it was published in a sports journal. So it's like an official journal article and it's peer reviewed. Yeah, stick, stick it in the chat, mode. Would anybody care for an anecdote about what hormones do to strength? Yeah, massively. Okay. As I mentioned earlier, I was a swimmer. This is, you know, back in high school and early college kind of stuff. Uh, I was not a great swimmer, okay. Um, I was completely average, uh, but I still stuck to it for years. Um, in those days, I could deadlift almost 400 pounds, okay? After hormones these days, I cannot even do a hundred pounds. Um, that's the end of the anecdote. <laughs> okay. It's a dramatic change in your strength. Doesn't matter what your, how broad your shoulders are. Doesn't matter how much muscle it appears that your, that your biceps have or whatever. You just don't have the strength anymore. I, I would eventually like to get into blacksmithing and getting into blacksmithing when I start E actually makes me kind of nervous. Uh, and, and one final thing about the study, it does say in the conclusion that while a lot of the efforts to um, accept or not accept transgender athletes is about fairness in the sport, that they hope that the study would encourage sports to be more accepting of transgender athletes and to find ways of policy-wise of, of doing so. And that they hope that there would be a greater push for uh, better ethics in the sports. Because my biggest argument, whenever they would, you know, those people would complain about, uh, trans women athletes i'm like oh so they're all undefeated <laughs> oh no they lost a bunch of they so they finally won after losing 800 matches in a row. oh okay oh what's that they've lost since the since they won oh so kind of sounds like it's fair kind of seems like 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 you kind of blew that whole thing up because they finally won one yeah and like like me and Tim I play halo all the time just because I have a good game, it doesn't mean that I have shattered the mold for Halo going forward. He's definitely sucked won. on occasion. He's definitely sucked on oh, occasion. I've definitely had a good three and twenty-nine <laughs> game where I'm like, I'm really high and stoned, but I'm really good too, and I can do that. And I just uh, and I, I I do terrible. Like it's not because I'm playing Halo, I automatically beat everybody possible. It's not how it works. It's still a competition. Everyone's got a chance. Yeah, and, and um, on my show, we were considering talking about this topic as well. Uh, Nolan and I were having a conversation about it. 
and and we've reached pretty much the same conclusion. It's, you know, uh, there 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 is an argument to be made for fairness in sports, but the the policies that some of the sports organizations adapt when it comes to transgender athletes is not an appropriate level of acceptance. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of tightrope walking policy wise that has to be done. And there needs to be a, a, a push for transgender athletes not to feel marginalized. And there needs to be a push for making sure that, you know, their feelings and, and, and what they want to be done is also considered. Because it's not just about, oh, well, this, this transgender athlete beat out all these other people. But yeah, the, but they also lost a bunch. Like, you can't just put up the headlines and say, hey, this is what's going on. You got to look at the whole picture. Uh, I think. Uh, I was just going to say that I think something interesting to note about, like, like Wayne mentioned towards the beginning about the information he was given about this swimming thing in the first place is something that I find can be useful is to kind of dissect the information we have and go, what what is actually remarkable about this? Like, is a trans person existing remarkable? Is a trans person existing in sports remarkable? Neither of these things are unusual. Is an athlete going from place 1,000 and something to a having a gold medal in the Olympics remarkable? Well, not in Olympic terms. I'm pretty sure... The, that ranking will have been held by a significant number of like gold medal athletes in the Olympics at some point in their lives. So which, which bit of that information is remarkable? Uh, and then when you put it all together, why does that suddenly seem bizarre and out of place? Right now... I think there's a, a fair argument for us to look at this issue in sports. I don't, I didn't, didn't think when it initially was brought up that it was a valid thing to discuss, but obviously people want to, so I think it should proceed. But I think that's mostly because a lot of the people you see as adults nowadays who are transgender did not have the opportunity to transition until after their puberty. The children who begin blockers at 12, 13 years old, and then start hormones at 16, are going to physiologically develop exactly as the gender that they are, that they are okay? Not the one that they that were born as, okay? Um, the bone structure that they talk about, the me- uh, muscle mass they talk about, the lung chain differences they talk about, the cardiac differences they talk about, are going to be exactly the same in those children after their uh, avoidance of this, well, since we're talking about trans women, avoidance of the male puberty, um, and then any other cis women out there. You will not be able to tell. There's a strong feeling in the community that the biggest reason that they're fighting this is because they know that these children become so totally indistinguishable from cis women 
that they don't want to have them have that 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 advantage that they want to be able to tell by some by some marker or otherwise that they used to be male. Okay. Um, there's because there, virtually every trans woman does have some tell somewhere in 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 her existence, but these kids, <laughs> none. Jenny, Jenny, can I can I ask? So, are you kind of advocating for um, pre-pubescent um, uh, medication? Hormone blockers? Yes, absolutely. Only with a proper regime of psychotherapy, with parental okay. involvement. With parental involvement. I'm not sure I can I can get on board with that because <clears throat> my uh, a, a, a previous girlfriend uh, um, of mine, um, she suffered from. That's a really bad word, Wayne. You absolute. Um, she, wondering. she, yeah, she, she had um, uh, polycystic ovaries, which meant she was very tall and she was very mm -hmm. hairy, very masculine in her, um, her physicality. Yeah. And, but she, she was just who she was. Now, if something had cropped up beforehand and like she was told, oh, you, you're going to suffer from this. And she was given those hormone blockers. It may have adjusted who she was. So are you advocating for just kind of um, hormone blockers for people that are not sure as to where their their gender role is. Okay, very fair question. The entire process of transition, when you are dealing with a a, uh, a treatment community, medical, sociological, is designed to with the intent to help the, the patient or client, however what do you want to refer to them, recipient as. Um, to treat them so that they are able to examine what they're doing, mm -hmm. understand what they're doing, and decide for themselves if it's the correct thing to do. And a lot of them, those children who are on the hormone blockers and stuff, decide, no, this is not correct for me. And then they say, bye. Okay? And they're out of the program. The program works. Okay? okay. There are very few people who detransition once they have gotten into the transition uh, process um, to, to a, a certain degree, especially after they've started HRT. There are some that it does happen to that do trans detransition. But if you when you interview these people and, and do, do a study on them, you find out that most of them is because other reasons, such as finance, such as safety, such as uh, family right. issues, not whether or not they feel they're trans or should transition, but because of other interferences that are caused by society that makes them detransition. So, so, so we're effectively on the, the genesis of trying to figure out where, where this, this whole issue is, whereas other um, established kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? roles or um identities are already there so we've got race we've got religion we've got gender but now trans is is 
the newest one and we're just literally on the precipice of trying to figure out where it is and we're trying to figure out the nuts and mm -hmm. bolts of it so we should be allowed to have like you know asking the questions and that's what science has been doing for the last 100 years yeah yeah i think that's just because this has been debated a lot it's been the misconception that this is a new thing or you know it, it only came about lately is it, is quite common uh but just because it's been recognized as a psychiatric disorder and you can get treatment under um what are you talking uh, about? gender dysphoria yeah. gender dysphoria yeah you're you're a sticky wicket there mate no it's but it's not it, considered a disorder it's considered a condition a condition, sorry. Yes, but again, uh, this is my third language. I will, uh -huh. as that's, I said, I will, make mistakes. I will make mistakes. Uh, a condition. Uh, Fuck you for not knowing language. <laughs> I would, but, uh, it, but it's a condition. It should be treated as any other condition, the way that I say it. It should be treated with medicines that way that you would treat anything else. And under the... Uh, the way uh, I have uh, healthcare and Wayne has healthcare, it shouldn't be a waiting queue of a decade as it is for chaos, which is just ridiculous. Mm. Um, yes. It should be, and, and conditions that children uh, have uh, in young age, we don't wait to treat those until they're of legal age that until they're 18 we don't wait to treat those conditions until they're 18 so why would we wait on this condition i i, I don't understand do you do you understand what i'm getting at yeah that, uh, yeah uh -huh. you want to you want to translate to those who haven't spoken to me for yeah. the last seven years <laughs> yeah, because if it could be medically shown that people are, are suffering from gender dysphoria then it should be covered under their health care yeah. Okay. Um, when you have a child that is 8, 9, 10, 12, 11, 12, you know, 13, and they're, they're talking about to their parents that they think that they're a little girl, okay? Mm -hmm. They know themselves already. They've known themselves for years. When they approach puberty, they know what puberty is about. They know what's going to happen to them. They are absolutely terrified as to, to go through male puberty. I was. I absolutely cursed the day when body hair started showing up and, and those sorts of things. Um, puberty is considered, in the community, it's considered torture because it destroys the child day by day as mm. it progresses. By blocking the puberty and giving them time to assess, is this really the direction I need to be in? You save lives. These children kill themselves because they can't have treatment. Mm -hmm. If we have a way to keep kids from killing themselves, why don't we do it? Mm -hmm. and, and that's what I'm saying. Like any other condition that causes these things to happen we would treat them right we wouldn't wait yep. until a certain age 
we'd have you know professionals on site to make sure we protect the child well and i do understand and appreciate that perspective and there is a risk and i also feel like it's important to say that the other thing that I see as a real issue is we don't treat kids with respect. They don't have rights. I don't know as much about other countries, but especially here in America. And I feel like if, if I'm going to be, I think, it, I think probably after like 11 or 12, if a decision is being made that is going to affect the rest of their life, they ought to get a say in it. And I recognize that there's a, there's some spaces where there needs to be a process, like what Jenny was talking about with regards to trans kids. There's a there's a process they go through that's overseen by medical professionals to make sure that they're getting actual like factual guidance or as close to it as we, we hope. But it's bothersome to me that children are not like this is a decision, like you're saying, it affects you for the rest of your life. And yet, you know, here we've got Texas trying to take that right away from parents who are trying to support their kids. But, but if you have parents that are not supportive, you're screwed. <laughs> Even if you have parents that are supportive, it can be a, an impossibly difficult process. And, and it just seems to me like it rather, I, I do see I'm just like the condition and the, the saving of lives is an important factor. But I also, when I was working in gay rights, people were like, oh, it's, it's not a choice. I'm like, who cares if it's a choice? The biggest protection you have in our country is your religious freedom. And that's absolutely a choice. If I want to choose who I spend my time with and they're my gender, I should get to do that if I get to choose who I worship as a god and that should be protected. It shouldn't be like, oh, it's all bad. And I know there's bad things and that's why we talk about it, but I think there's more to the story than that. I, if I could piggyback off that a second, that kind of is very closely linked to something I was going to say, which is that like, what Jartan and Jenny described is very much like a well-accepted thing within the trans community, as, as far as I can discern. Uh, but I would go one step further that not like isn't necessarily as well accepted is the idea that there should be this very normalised idea of exploring gender for kids that are like pubescent but simply because there is more to gender than gender dysphoria and that is a component but reducing gender down to if you experience dysphoria very much leads to some of the issues that come out of trans medicalism of people being like oh you can't be trans you don't experience right. insert insert crippling level of dysphoria like the, there is like then this threshold of you you must be this disabled by your dysphoria to be trans and that's not good for people who experience dysphoria like like one of my partners at the moment actually who experiences dysphoria but not greedy one that, of your partners ah <laughs> uh, 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 yes greedy even though I share um, <laughs> it's not greedy um, if it's sharing Wayne. Sharing <laughs> is caring. It's all about the verbiage. Uh, Mikey, keep Brenna and Jenna and Christine out of this. Yes. <laughs> I think I found. I didn't say snatch. anything. I think I found anything. a way to snatch victory out of the jaws of defeat. Yeah, all right, chaos. Please. Sorry, sorry, chaos. Oh, you're all good. Um, and um, 
so this partner of mine, they experienced dysphoria, but it isn't as bad as mine. So when they were looking at my dysphoria, they were going, okay, but can I call myself trans? And I actively encouraged them, like, no, you can call yourself trans. You are trans enough just because your dysphoria is less than mine. It, that comparison doesn't bear having. But there's also a, an additional component of that, which is aspects of gender outside of dysphoria completely. And the easy one to pick on is gender euphoria. Uh, I have known some trans guys, for example, who used to be very, like, they were girly because it's what their family accepted. And it didn't make them dysphoric per se, but the first time they tried on a suit, they were like, oh, I'm a guy. This feels good. Mm -hmm. Like, and so I think that to, uh, while I think that that conversation is super important and is super necessary to be had, I think that when the focus is solely on that sometimes, it gets taken away and that's again like a more personal hot take of like, just mm -hmm. like all kids should be encouraged to at least understand if not actively experiment with gender to understand where they're at with those sorts of things and those concepts of gender outside of just dysphoria that gets talked about. Okay, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna put it to um the panel. As a father of a seven year old and a one year old, how do I how do I define gender to my my children in a progressive way? Because I'm trying to raise them in the most progressive and most um, tolerant way possible, even though there's a little kid at the school that I want to punch their dad's face in. You don't sit them down for a lesson in transgender um, education. Okay, there's no such thing as birds and the bees for transgender folks. No, no. But, but what you but, can but, do... That's what I'm asking. That's what I'm asking. But what you can do is... Uh, when, if and when the opportunity arises, because we're we only make up one half of one percent of the population, mm -hmm. so that you may not run into a trans person in life. But if you do, if your child tugs on you when you're when you're in the uh, Piccadilly Square and says, "Why is that man wearing a dress?" Because kids are very good at picking are picking up. We hate them. Um, you don't answer them with something, well, because they're sick. Now, I don't think you ever would, but there are some people who would answer that way. But you take it as a teaching opportunity and you explain to them in simple child terms that there are some people who are who feel different inside than they look on the outside. Mm. And they can't help it. And this is how they live. And it's perfectly okay. And Come. the kid will say... Okay. Can I just pull you up on a little little bit of um, language you just used there? They can't help it. Um, that that kind of says of they're a victim. No, no, that says that 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 they have a situation in them that is out of their uh, control of their of their ego. It's it's a super ego kind of thing. It's deep inside. It's it's subconscious. No, You're not going to beat that. No, but it was the way. Oh, they they can't help it. Um, I would I would. I'm not not to criticize you. I would say that's just who they are. I wouldn't say they can't help it because can't help it kind of suggests they are a victim. 
of some kind of circumstance. Well, they are. Would that, would, 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 would that be fair to? to well, I understand say? what you're saying, and I and I I guess I kind of agree. Um, if they're a victim of anything, they're in. They're a victim of um, some some um, <laughs> allele on their on their Y chromosome that produced something a little different than it should have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, now, if you want to call that a victim, fine. I call it a condition uh, that they that they can't that they can't do anything about that they can't help it. Okay. No. Okay. No. It's, when you use things... for for me, when you use the word victim, it's it sounds like a society is doing this to them, or or somebody else is doing this to them. And victim just doesn't no, feel like the right word. No. No. I mean, like semantically, it's like you're you're, you're saying that, and I. I don't agree that you know when someone say when someone says they can't help it, it's kind of saying they shouldn't be doing that. That's why I I kind of called mm -hmm. it out on uh, the semantics. So, but okay, so Mikey's put us on a schedule. We've got about what fifteen minutes left to go, Mikey. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Brenner, you've been uncharacteristically quiet this evening. Well morning for you uh except for the t three times you've said i haven't said anything you haven't <laughs> said anything um it's afternoon here not morning mm. um but brenna and i'm just google brenna stop talking brenna. wayne <laughs> yeah this is this is why i don't talk a lot anyway no there one of the reasons why i didn't want to talk is because there's so much good information coming and and it's it's beautiful and so I, I do, ha I have a question for the, for the panel. Um, it, it does include um, anybody who wants to chime in. Um, I just recently was at um, the Doctor Who convention, uh, Gallifrey one, very big one. Um, wonderful. I've never been, I was so happy about it. Um, I dressed up my first day. I dressed up as, as the fourth doctor. The second day, I dressed up as a Dalek. I mean, I'm just a nerd. like it was it fucking was... nerd. <laughs> I knew I loved you. It like a lot of fun. <laughs> so my Wait, my, my sounds like hell. What's a is a Dalek the trash can looking? Thing? Yes. I'm going to get a scarf right now. Uh, the, uh, I have one downstairs too. The the the. The Daleks are like the the Nazis, so that's what their parallels were. Anyway, Bruno, so, why would you dress up like them? I love the Daleks. The Nazis in a bin. <laughs> I know exactly. Um. Anyway, um, I I was noticing something about being there, and you know, you get your tags, and you have the little little flags that that you can put like what your your pronouns are and some people had their own like like specially made ones for them so that they could have exactly what they wanted to be called um it's very noticeable that you know uh, the lgbtqa plus community is very accepted in this nerd society in the in the science fiction in the fantasy horror um, video game, uh, role playing, all this stuff just seems to be very, almost so accepting of everybody, regardless of your identity, of uh, what you're called. Nobody cares whether or not you want to be called 
he they nobody like it's not it's it's not something that people are like there's there seems to be more acceptance why is it that this nerd culture and this is a question i've been i've been thinking about since i since i came back from that why is it in this nerd culture that 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 is just accepted with open arms far more than any other like the sports kind of shit because i wanted to get away from this like non-accepting and i want to know mm. why is this such a, a Tim Bristol. So, so I'll I'll take a crack at it first. Um, I think it's I think it's from a history of that sort of culture being a minority to begin with, mm -hmm. and then accepting another minority. Being a minority to begin with makes them more accepting of another minority. That's just that's that's sort of how political social socialization works between groups is. If you know what it's like to feel a certain way, then you're more accepting of people who may also feel that way. So in, in that case, it is probably a, a subgroup of another group that just makes it more accepting. 100%. 100%. And being wrestling fans is a fun gig. But the thing is, there, there is a, there is a sub, subculture of wrestling fans that are massively racist <laughs> massively homophobic and that's why um, fans from the american south <laughs> yeah <laughs> no but, no, but I, I think that uh, before before i really want to hear what chaos isla and jenny are going with this but i also have to say uh my subgroup my little uh, outcast group which is metalheads mm -hmm. I've also felt that they are very including in groups that are from marginalized communities because they have also been outcast once, right? Even though it's been mainstream for about 20 years now, it, it wasn't always like that. Mm -hmm. uh, who can forget Dee Snyder in, in when he walked into uh, Congress and just owned that? Like, it was, it was fantastic. Uh, so I think that's, I think I just, I won't agree with Tim for once. <laughs> wow. It's okay. It's okay. R write, write, write it down. All good. Write it down. All good. Someone, Calm down. Calm someone down. clip that. Someone clip that. <laughs> Where's tons of mice? <laughs> um, I have a thought, but I want to wait for Chaos and Jenny to reply. Yeah. I find, generally speaking, that when you are part of like a smaller group who might be outcast or just unusual or whatever it is that they are not part of the mainstream it when there is when there are a certain level of small you can't really have a separation between the groups but i found that quite often you'll get a certain level of polarization so in a lot of nerd spaces you'll find two types of nerd spaces uh, one is really misogynistic, where if I go in presenting more feminine and I don't get um, kind of registered as a as a trans person, uh, someone will try and grab my ass within 30 seconds and everyone will laugh about it. And then you'll have nerd spaces that are like, oh, yeah, no, what are your pronouns? Cool, come in. Uh, there's tea and coffee over there. Whatever. Uh, but this applies to nerd spaces, to uh, a lot of pagan spaces I've been in, a lot of atheist spaces I've been in. There's 
um, like a lot of stuff for various hobbies that I have as well. And it's just like, it seems to me that whatever the small group is, if they are above a certain size that allows them to have two separate groups, that almost tends to happen. Mm. I, I, I'd like to, uh, Chaos, um, let me come back at you um, in a little bit after Jenny's um, said their piece. Oh boy. I'm going to make four enemies. Four? Only four? I think one, two, three, four, five. You got to go for six, seven. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, we can hear you. We can hear okay, you. I cannot hear you because my phone just tried to answer a call and now I can't hear anything you say until I reboot StreamYards. Um, what I think the difference is in those two items, um, sport versus cosplay, is that one is dominated by testosterone and the other one isn't. And I mean testosterone, I don't mean men. Uh, <laughs> testosterone is a horrible chemical that men have to they have to live with. And I think it makes them do really stupid things. Um, one of which is their, their intense bigotry and paranoia of anybody who does not meet the uh, extremely narrow and um, um, limit, well, limiting, um, uh, parameters of, of sexuality that they that they think they have. Uh, macho macho society has des destroys lots of things, and I think sport is one of the things that it's that it's destroyed, and it's destroying further. Um, and and fortunately, because it has to do cosplay has to do with um, dressing up and those sorts of things. It's it's probably never going to be destroyed by by macho macho shithead culture, because it's something that they would view as sissy, right? Okay, and they'll stay away from it. And now I'm going to reboot this so I can hear what you've got to, got to say. I'll be right back. Okay. Um, so I just wanted to quick respond to to Brenna in that. Um, so the history of science fiction is rooted in this like belief that people can read rational. And that I think is a big part of it that the, the golden age science fiction writers had a lot of um, gender and sexual variation because they like they were reading the Kinsey Report and they were like, we're we're man enough to be rational about this. So I feel like science fiction, um, there's two things when there's that route to it. And then also science fiction and fantasy are about imagining things to be different. And mm -hmm. so you, you get into that and you let yourself you know, try on these different ideas and these different concepts and it doesn't feel as threatening. And so I think that also draws people like me <laughs> and, you know, other folks who have uh, maybe different expressions of gender or um, sexuality to that because it feels like a place they can actually, you know, I can get dressed up, you know, back in the day before I was out to myself, I could dress up and I didn't have to actually be out and I could still play with these concepts. It was kind of a safe way to dip my toes in. And then when it was accepted and I found other people like me, it was like, cool. Like I remember being at my first science conviction, science fiction convention. And I walk into the big room and I'm like, the mothership has landed. My people are here. Yay. I felt like I felt free in a way. I didn't know it was possible. Yeah. And so I think, and I appreciate you bringing that up. And, and Wayne, I, I really want to say thank you for being so vulnerable and brave because mm -hmm. it's the only way we get to move forward is by having uncomfortable conversations outside of our comfort zone. And you all are just so great at that. It's one of the things I really respect about the the bin as a whole. 
And I'm so privileged to, to be able to be part of this particular conversation and get to meet Chaos and, and talk with Jenny some more. And it just feels so important to me to have this that this kind of, you know, fragile back, in some way back, back and forth. situation. Back and forth. But to, to, to really kind of give ourselves the chance to, to learn and grow together and to, mm. to make it yeah. okay that you don't know something. Because I do feel like there's a lot of well-meaning people out there who part of why they don't end up being allies or stepping into the conversation is they're really afraid of doing it wrong. They're afraid of the, the embarrassment and the shame. They're afraid of hurting people. And because of that, we don't have a lot of folks participating who I think would actually support equity and, and engagement <laughs> if, if they didn't feel so scared. And so, and I think this is a great way to give people a chance to access some of that discomfort and that understanding. So I just, I really want to say yeah. thank you so much for doing this and for inviting me. And I love that you that ended up. I, I, I sure. Thank you. No, no. Thank you. Thank you. No, oh, thank yeah. you for, for being part of this. Like we muddled together this, this show and we've hoarded our <laughs> respective <laughs> <laughs> groups together. And um, no, thank you. <laughs> right. uh, first of all, uh, I want to start. I just like thank you for the kind words. Uh, we are here to learn. We've been open about that since day one. We have a bunch of opinions, but we need we need to learn more. And the more guests like you we have on, we learn. And Jenny, I want to address you. You said you're going to make four enemies. And when you said what you said, I was looking at it. I was like, what four enemies? And then I realized it's Tim, Mikey, Wayne, and me because we're six Jenny. It took me a really took me a long time. It took me a really I couldn't It's the magic vagina. It is. It is. Again, again, it was that like Tom Prince and you know the atomic keys that had to turn and then the vagina fucking wall going up. But, but, but here's the deal. I I I don't understand why man men uh, get offended when somebody says something bad about testosterone. I can't do anything about testosterone to lose my body. So you say something bad about a hormone that exists in me is not an attack on me. It has nothing to do with me. It's just a hormone. It just exists. It's just there. It's how you act on it. I think that you are absolutely correct. I feel like the whole perception of 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 being macho and being masculinity, masculinity, and being and and, and, and the whole thing it is it, yeah, it, it's toxic, but it's more um, um, fuck. It's it, it's more of it in 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 the cultures like sport, uh, especially you know like uh, football or American football. Uh, and uh, and so like that. and and that's where those it, it sort of comes out. I don't care if people how people see me and why they see me, and that's what's a, a one of my privileges, and I recognise that. But yeah. yes, I think that you're right. But you do not. I am not offended that there lives a hormone within me that does horrible things to other horrible people because I don't feel like I'm one of them. Good. I, 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 I'm, I'm glad because I, I do recognize I need to refine this concept a little bit. 
um, so that it does flow better out of my mouth. What a, we all do, all the time. What a considerate thing to do. And speaking on being considerate, uh, a couple people did not want us to talk about this on the show because they felt like it was just furthering right-wing conspiracy narratives and all that stuff. Oh, well, hold on. I've been very quiet. Um, and I didn't say much, and I just kind of did a couple of crack wises because I wanted that person to see this. They have the link. They, they were able to see the stream. I want them to see that it is good to have these conversations because everyone is not at the exact same step that you are at. And that's important for people to remember is every you have to meet people where they are. And if everyone thought like you, then obviously the problem wouldn't be the problem. There are certain mm -hmm. people who are maybe in front of you and a lot of people that are way behind you. So we need and to have least, in front of the camera. Yeah. And we need to allow a space for people to ask questions. I was in the chat and most everything just kind of sorted itself out. Everyone's been very respectful. And I want, and on top of that, I want our show to be a place, a safe haven where people can come and be themselves and not have to worry about dickheads in the chat. Because mm -hmm. they were talking about how the Christians and the conservatives, and the, none of them were in the chat today. Because, oh, fuck because, fuck because we're not, we're not their cup of tea. Y'all are our cup of tea. So thanks for allowing. Um, thank you to our guests for coming on. Sounds like a great idea. Tea. Is there time for a summation? I, I'm, yes, I'm, yes. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. Getting there. So, I, I, I'll, hold on, real quick, Jenny. I just want to thank, uh, thank you guys for coming on, um, and uh, making yourselves as vulnerable as Wayne did earlier. Um, it's very important yep. to us. Um, it's, it's not cheap. It took a lot of pain and strife to get there to be open to talk about things about these things. So, thank you for your, um, for sharing something so important and sacred to you. It's, it's not lost on me. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, oh. let's get out of here, oh. shall we? No, that's the people. No, we can, can I make um, that one, one last oh, yeah, one yeah. last statement, Mike? Jen, Jenny, yes, what's this saying? Sorry, folks. This this is a contemporary issue um, in, in politics. Extremely contemporary. It's happening as we speak this moment. Um, the, the right-wing evangelicals are trying to take our morality of the entire nation, not just trans work, not just gay people, trying to change the morality of this country back to the 1930s, okay? <laughs> and if we don't get out there and actively campaign and actively vote and get these people the hell out of our political system, um, <laughs> we're going to lose our democracy. It is happening. When they're talking about transgender people and especially children and stuff, understand that they're working from a scientific knowledge where they think there's men and there's women, this binary concept that they learned in third grade. Well, the science is operating more on about 30th grade, okay, and has learned a great deal in the last hundred years that transgender people have been treated. We now know that it isn't binary, that the X and the Y have certain determining factors, of course, in, in what we turn out to be when we're born. But there's a whole lot of things that it, that it affects in the head, in the brain, in the, in the soul, that are not obvious. And that is where gender lives. Okay? Um, whatever a person's gender is, as far as I'm concerned, has come from their chromosomes. That it's just as much their their gender perception, self perception, 
is just as much part of their gender as their what's in their crotch. Jenny, that's Chaos, thank you for your perspective. We really, really appreciate it. Thank because you for having us on. Thank you, thank you for just show. giving us perspective on this whole, uh, this whole world. This is this is new. It's evolving. It's um, progressing, and hopefully something will come of it. And you, you two are pioneers of this particular movement, and um, yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. So for everybody on the screen whose name I'm not going to read, uh, uh, we're going to raid Cortez. Uh, so we will see all of you guys on Cortez's channel. Um, it's going to start in about four seconds. Get your emotes ready. Uh, make sure you guys go to patreon.com slash binpodcast. Get those pledges up so we can uh, get a live in-person episode of Spin. It might happen. It might happen. Um, so we love you guys. You guys be safe, and we will see you next Wednesday. Bye bye. Bye, everybody. Bye bye. Cheerio. Dance, dance. Pip, pip. Pip, pip, and all that rock. <laughs> Fuck dip. off. Pip, pip. Aluminium. <laughs> Aluminium. Throw it up. Throw it up. Cheerio. Aluminium.